Welcome. My name is John Arelli. It's great to be here. Uh, we're going to continue in a series. We're, we're doing great. We're doing great. Isn't this great? You're doing great. You're doing fine. You needed to know that. So we're in a series on resilience. We believe resilience happens when God restores the nature of our identity, the truth of our identity through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we've been going through some different spiritual disciplines as a church. How does God use these disciplines to help restore us, to help bring us back to who we are? Because if we've learned anything over the last two years, every single part of our identity has been challenged. We can't work like we used to. We can't learn like we used to. We can't hang out with friends like we used to. And now all of a sudden, some of you don't have masks on. What happened? It's not like we just go back to do we? Because friendship has changed. Work has changed. Expectations have changed. So we continue to focus on what Jesus might be up to and how he might to who we really are. Because he's made us beautiful. We have so much. So much. What would it look like to be set free to that? That's what this is all about. We begin engaging in a way about prayer. What's prayer all about? And how does the Holy Spirit use prayer to help restore our identity? Those are the questions we're going to ask this morning. Uh, I don't know if my mom is watching from Boston, but they sometimes do. So mom, this is for you. Uh, and for those of you who have little kids or you've had little kids, let me tell you, your influence on your kid's life is like nothing else. The first time I ever prayed, it was because my mom prayed with me. I was, I think, five years old. She was in my room, it was the, at night, she was tucking me in or something, and she just invited me to kneel by my bedside and pray with her. I don't know why. I don't know if I was scared. I don't know if I wanted to stay up and have candy or something, and she was just trying to use the situation to calm me down. You know how some people use prayer to calm people down? I don't think that she was actually doing that. But she taught me how to pray. And so I knelt with her. She said, oh, just pray and go to bed. Some of the most powerful moments of my life as a child to my parents, my parents, some of the most amazing things that they did for me was when they paused and they said, pray about this. Sometimes there were different situations, but sometimes it was just, I was five or six, just needed to introduce so much greater and so much more powerful than her that no matter what would happen in my life, God would take care of me anyway. So we knelt, and I need new batteries in my mic. We're doing fine. We are, again, mic pointed in the right direction, batteries engaged, switched on, are we all alive? And you are going to fall asleep. It's not happening today. <laughs> so we pray. 
my mom kneels down next to the bed, prays, invites me to pray a simple prayer, welcoming Jesus into my whole life, my whole huge five-year-old life with so many responsibilities. My immediate imagination, I remember, it's maybe one of my first memories, and you psychologists, child psychologists, you can say, oh, you actually don't have that memory, but I did. Clouds and amazingness, and uh, I just loved it. All of a sudden, I was so excited. I'm, and we're going to, you're not falling asleep today. I was so excited. So she knelt by my bedside. See, you're awake now, aren't you? Here we are. Prayed. I imagined heaven as something that was beautiful to a five-year-old, which was clouds of, mush, of marshmallows and, you know, cotton candy. And I, I think I slept pretty well that night. Now, as the years went on, I told you that my parents continued to kneel during very difficult situations. And then in college, I really, well, and, and even before, I had to begin to take on a faith of my own where my prayer life was something that I intentionally engaged in. It wasn't something that my parents engaged me in. I had to do it. Why? Because I still needed a God that was bigger than my stuff. And I wanted him to change things. But in every situation of prayer, it was God that was wanting to change something in me. Prayer is the point when we are willing to do whatever it takes not to enhance our kingdom, not to enhance our stuff, not to be better, but to be a part of God's kingdom. God's kingdom. So what's God's kingdom? Well, Jesus, as he's going about the earth, he's preaching and inaugurating and starting the kingdom of God by saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. So he's a great preacher. Jesus is a great preacher, but then he's demonstrating it. And every time he demonstrates the kingdom, it's through a healing, it's through a miracle, it's through touching somebody that shouldn't be touched in those Roman times where if you touched a, somebody that was unclean, then you had to be unclean for a week or a month or a year or whatever. Jesus was breaking boundaries so that everybody got to be loved. And that was all the inauguration. It was the start of the kingdom of God where everybody got to be touched by God in a powerful way where God came in and he changed everybody's life. It's hard for us to imagine when we're doing well that we need anything to change in our lives. Why do I need him to change anything? I'm doing fine. But the truth is, if we're humble enough, we realize that God has been doing this for a lot more years than we have. He may have something for us in the midst of our stuff. That's so wonderful that if we would just pause to pray, he would have something for us. He would change us and maybe even change the things around us. So why pray? Because we need him. From the beginning of creation, we need him. At the beginning, we used to walk with God. The relationship wasn't broken. There was no problem doing the creation kingdom stuff with God. We would name animals. That's a cow. God would be like, yeah, good job, cow. 
Fantastic. That's a dog. Wonderful. Great. So good. And then we were like, hey, I want this power all to myself. And God's like, whoa. If you want your power all to yourself, I'm going to have to cut you off. I can't have you going around naming things, doing things, commanding your own way without me right next to you. Because this, the moment that you do that, you're going to be asking people to be your slaves. You're going to be asking other people to do the demands of your kingdom, not mine. And so God said, I've got to separate you. From that moment, this curse was upon our lives. And so how do we react to a curse? We try to break it ourselves. We try to get better. We try to make as much money as we can so we can do that whole rulership as much as possible. We get to manipulate people, right? Lie to people, spend whatever we can spend to make ourselves happy. All those things happen because of the separation and that curse. Because God's got this immense power to actually like make things and make us and heal us and change us and do things that we could never imagine. And he wants us to join with that. But he doesn't want us to join that alone. He wants us to join with him. Prayer is that point when we are willing to do whatever it takes to be a part of his kingdom. So prayer gets really popular. The holy people of the day, of Jesus' day, are really excited about it. But then he goes on a mountaintop and he preaches to a bunch of unholy people and he says, you know what? I need to teach you how to pray. Matthew 6, chapter 5, uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 5. When you pray, don't be like hypocrites. When you pray, don't try to sound like an actor on a stage. When you pray, don't try to pray to make yourselves look good in front of God. He knows who you are. He sees everything. Don't pray don't be like hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everybody can see them. There are no extra merit badges for prayer. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they're going to get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, pray to your Father in private, then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So at some point in religious life, we turned prayer into a situation where we wanted to change things for our benefit. In fact, I had a friend who really wanted this girl to like him really, really badly. And so he said, God, change her mind about me. And God said, no, you change your mind about this situation. I'm your God, I'm the one who takes care of you, and I will give you everything you need. Prayer is that moment. Every time we pray, the posture is, God, I am completely satisfied in you. So what do you want to do? Imagine this. Every time you kneel, and maybe you don't kneel. I, the last time I kneeled to pray was a very desperate situation. So maybe you're just lying in bed, waking up in the morning going, oh, no. I forgot I had to do that thing this morning. And you go, God, what if the, your first posture in the morning or your posture before going to bed was, God, I've got some needs, but before I say these needs, I just want to tell you, everything I've ever needed is wrapped up and satisfied in you. What if that was the root of who we were? 
What about going to the office or school or being around your kids or your parents or whatever and having a posture that began and ended the day with whatever happens today, everything that I need, everything that I have is satisfied in God. To pray is to change. To pray means that we're willing for God to do the things that maybe we would want to be satisfied by. We want God to fulfill all of those needs. To pray is to change. If we're unwilling to change, chances are we're unwilling to pray. Have you ever noticed that you don't pray sometimes? I don't pray sometimes. You ever wonder why? It's because our heart's posture says, I'm not sure that I trust you here, God. I'm not sure. And that's, that has to be an honest part of our faith. If we're actually going to pray, if, our, if the Holy Spirit's going to use prayer to restore us and change us and redeem us and create a kind of resilience in us that can break through any season of life, create life in any season of life, then it must be an honest prayer where our skepticism comes to the surface and we go, you know, there was that time, God, I prayed for that girl to like me and you said I needed to change, so I'm not sure I want to go to you about this. And, you know, relationships are hard, and so that might have hit a chord for some of you, but I know that there are much deeper, much more complicated, much more sensitive things that we've all gone to God about and have been disappointed. So what does it look like to come back? I think first we need to get honest. We need to make sure that every single thing in our heart is before God. James talked about this. This is James chapter 4, verse 2. There's a reason why your prayers aren't answered, he says. You want what you don't have. You scheme and you kill to get it. You escape God instead of going to him. You don't trust him anymore. You're skeptical of his will and his ways in your life and in the world. And so all you're doing is going back to that curse, fighting for yourself and fighting away from me. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. You don't get what you have. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And here's, here's where God addresses the skepticism in us. He says, and when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. Can you imagine the closest relationship in your life? Just imagine the closest relationship in your life. And in the background noise of every conversation that you have, there's this silent belief that raises its head all the time. And it says, I really don't trust you. Can you imagine? Your closest relationship, and in the background of it, you wake up in the morning, you go to bed, and before every time you see them is, I don't trust you. That changes the relationship, doesn't it? Wouldn't you think the relationship would be better to set apart some time to have a conversation and say, do you remember this thing? It's because of this thing that I don't trust you. And let the reality of that conversation come to bear within the love of God. And let God speak into it. Because God wants us to pray. He wants us back to partner with him in his kingdom work. He wants us to come to prayer with a heart that says, you know, I remember that thing, but I know that we dealt with it. And so let's go. Everything and everything I need is completely satisfied in you. What do you want to do in this situation? Prayer changes things. 
Prayer changes things. And let me tell you, if we don't go to prayer, we'll never find out the amazing things that God has for our lives. We think we can't trust him sometimes, but the, the real truth is he has more for us than we could ever imagine. I want to read the scripture, and I'm going to invite my friend Steve up because he's got a testimony about this. This is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Paul writes to this church, and he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, not mine, that he may grant to you to be strengthened with power, through the Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses your own knowledge. Can we be humble about what we have and what we're trying to use in order to get what we want in our life? It's more than our knowledge that we need. We need his love. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God, that partnership that Adam and Eve had, and even more, a partnership that's been sanctified by the cross, where all of our sins, all of our doubts, all of our skepticism, all of the background noise of our relationship with God is satisfied by the cross, where he dies for it, where he forgives it, and he says, come to my table again. We need to be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think, a, See that I, want to, I don't want to go too fast through this. Now to him who's able to do far more, say it with me, far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. This is not our power. Once the barriers are broken, now we're operating in the satisfaction of God. Where his love now is at work in the background of all of our needs and wants. Where we go, you know, God, you know I can't pay the bills this month. And God goes, I know. And beyond you not being able to pay the bills this month, you are so anxious about it that you've not talked to anybody about it. So let's deal with that too. And all of a sudden, God heals the background of all of our needs as well. It's more abundantly than we could ever ask or think. Prayer is the first step of grounding ourselves in God's love and purpose. Steve, would you come up and join me for just a moment? I asked Steve to come because God has been talking to me about what it might mean for him to have more control over the service. And that means I'm going to not talk as much. And he wanted that to happen, I think, because it took five mics in order to get here. Uh, Steve, I'm giving you this mic. Okay, bless the Lord. Uh, God is, I, I, I do want to say just one thing real quick is that um, uh, prayer is about relationship. Prayer is about communication. You know, we used to say there's, uh, God doesn't want answering machine prayers. <laughs> and now uh, some people remember what answering machines were. But now, now it's, um, you know, God doesn't want voicemail prayers. He's, he, wants, he wants to interact with us. And so it's, it's really what, one thing that I've learned to do is to say, well, God, what do you have to say about this? 
what's your perspective on this? And I can pray in agreement with that. Now, Steve, can I, let, let's try, I'm going to get this one too. I'm challenging you today. Um, Steve, you're talking about a kind of prayer life that we might imagine, well, prayer, you know, Steve is wise. He's older now, <laughs> and certainly it's easy for him to pray. But the truth is, you've been through it. This prayer life is developed not through holier-than-thou thoughts. It's not because you've thought of yourself as a holy. It's not, that's not what it got. it got. You went through some desperate situations where God, you invited God to show up. Oh, yeah, many times. I mean, real, really desperate situations of, uh, of provision. Uh, and actually, John, something else I thought of as you were uh, talking earlier is about his love is that I, as it says, what you read earlier today out of Romans 8, I am convinced that all of these things cannot separate me from the love of God in Christ. And why am I convinced? Because he has demonstrated that time and time again and uh, of, of his love just just hasn't. Uh, he, he, he's always, always there. He's always there. And in terms of provision too, uh, uh, what I did share with, with John was, uh, was that there was a period from uh, 2000, uh, June of 2006 up through July of 2010. Now that's a little over four years. I only worked, I only had regular income for about uh, six or seven months out of that whole period. And yet God provided for my wife and I during that whole time. And, and he just gave me um, that assurance during that whole time that he would provide. And uh, it, it was through many, many different ways. So he gave you an assurance, which means at some point you did not have assurance. Mm -hmm. So I think there are plenty of people here, and if I asked you to raise your hand and be honest, you would say, there's a place in my life where I really need God's assurance, right? Yeah. So what's the posture? What does it look like for somebody in need to go to God? It sounds like you said one thing already, to remember that he loves you. That's right. So, I remember that he loves me. So when you needed something, you still believe God loved you. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And also, too, is that he, he is faithful. He's given us so many promises in his word, in, his, in the scriptures. And, and he, says, I'm a, he says, I don't change. <laughs> so so we, can, we can stand on these promises. So number, two, so number one, you remember he loves you. Number two... I would think, and, and if you've ever been in need, you know that sometimes you feel too full of drama to hear God anyway, right? To go, oh, I'm going to get on my knees now, when really, you're feeling pretty desperate, right? In the midst of that drama, one of the best things we have, one of the best assets in, in connecting with God is the scriptures. Absolutely. But we can go back to the Bible and go, God, and, you know, for some of you, you need to, to read like a, a book. But I know that some of you are just too dramatic and, and just too stuck in the drama and, and too, there's too much going on that you just want to open your Bible and go, point. Or you want to just Google. I love Googling. Google, I am worried. Mm -hmm. Scripture. And just watch. Like these are the places 
when we begin that God loves us and then we go to the scriptures, it begins a wonderful opportunity for God to begin to pray with us, to speak with us and for a relationship to open up. Absolutely. And praying his word. Oh, yeah. God, you said. <laughs> you said. And boy, that, that helps to build uh, our own faith. That helps to bring peace and, and, and assurance uh, to us as we pray. So, remember that he loves you. Lean into the scriptures. Even pray them back to him. Say, God, I'm leaning on you because you said I could. Yeah. And then, <laughs> pour out your guts. Yeah, that's right. And he want, he, as John said earlier, he doesn't want anything artificial. He already knows. <laughs> And if, even if we're angry with him, uh, he can handle it. <laughs> He's bigger than us. <laughs> and, uh, and I is over, and one, by the way, one, one person out of the Bible that I really have taken a lot of encouragement from is David is the, th the many things that he said in, in, the, in the, the Psalms. And he would, he would cry out to God. And he would also talk, do self-talk. Yeah. And talking to himself is, why are you so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God. And, and just over and over, and he talked about the, he called to mind also the things that God had done before. And the promises that he had given, and uh, it, and that helped to build his, up his his faith and his assurance as well. So you're not done yet. I'm not done yet. This is this is a work in process, continuing. And do I have areas where I still have some struggle in totally believing, or or seeing things? happen, uh, uh, you know, answers uh, manif manifested? Well, yes, I do. It's like one, one in particular is in healing. Have I seen miracles? Have I seen God do that? Oh, yeah. I've experienced that. He, he healed, he healed my, uh, an interceptal defect in my heart. I did not have to have open heart surgery, as the doctors were saying. And yet, yet there's, there's other things in, in my life and in the life of my wife right now where we would, uh, we, we still keep calling out and asking him, asking him. But we're, we're, we're staying, sticking with it, you know, because we, we know that God is good and God is faithful and we know he loves us. So, I don't know if you heard, Steve, because the announcements that were going on in the museum, but um, there's no emergency, by the way. They're just opening up to their membership. But what I hear you saying, Steve, is that there have been so many times you've seen God work, even in physical healings in your own life. I know that you, in different prayer situations in different churches for years, you've been a, a part of situations where you've prayed for people and seen physical manifestations of healing. You have actually seen the power of God change the physical nature of people. And in today's season, you're looking for that for your life, too. For you and your wife, you're looking for physical healing for your life. And it's not just that you pray once and 
It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But God is still asking you to pray. Yeah. Why do you still pray, Steve? He's asking you to pray. Why do you think God's still asking you to pray? <laughs> uh, I, I, some, sometimes I think it's more for me than for him. Is, is to continue to, to continue to call out to him, to, to persevere, to, um, you know, that he, he does want us to grow in our faith. He does want us to, to because is he faithful? Does he change not? <laughs> and I want to be more and more like him. And, um, and sometimes, too, when I pray, you, you, things you also said earlier of, are our motives right? And sometimes God is, sometimes God is, he answers and says, yes. Sometimes he says, no, that's not in accordance with what, what's best, you know. Or sometimes he says, wait, I've, he, he's, he's got something bigger that he wants to do. And, uh, and can I trust him in that? I, yeah, yeah, I can. Is he, he's, <laughs> it's going to be glorious. At the root of all this, you started with this, and I want to bring us back. The root of prayer is not about the thing that we're praying for. The root of prayer is about relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so as you continue to pray, and we come alongside you guys and are continuing praying for physical healing in your family's life, it's a blessing for us because we get to keep on going to the Father for a relationship, and he gets to keep talking to us about what we're praying about and keep shaping us and changing us. And we still want to see the thing happen and the things happen for healing. And I just believe that he's asking us to because he wants to do the thing and he also wants to bring us close. Wants to bring us close. That's really, and, and he wants to bring his kingdom. And he wants to bring his kingdom. So one of the reasons why we're having Steve talk this morning is because we believe that he, along with our prayer ministry teams, and we've got amazing prayer leaders in this church. Jan and Michael Seaman have been faithful for 10 years just leading our prayer ministries. If you want to learn more about prayer, they're key. Uh, You saw Kate uh, give uh, announcements this morning. She's starting to lead in that ministry as well. There's lots of, like, really powerful people in prayer here. And that, that doesn't just mean that like when they pray, God does things. It means that they're, they have worked through some real disillusionment in prayer. And so the relationship with God can engage any situation that we have. That's really what it's about. It may be that you come here this morning and you're just wondering about the kind of faith that God could give you, the kind of prayer life he could give you. It could be that you've been doing answering machine prayers for a long time, or voice message, or text prayers. How about that, Steve? I'm going to translate for you <laughs> into the next, or I don't know. There's, I'm not a millennial, so there's more. Um, Insta prayers. In any case, uh, God wants us to draw near, and, and part of that can be for somebody to pray for you, for that to be a part of your life. Mm-hmm. And so we will have prayer teams available for you today. But we want to begin with something just a little bit differently this morning where and I would ask Kate if you would come, Kate and Jared and, and Janie and Joyce, and if you have the capacity, and I don't know where Michael and Jan went, or, um, to just come up. And Destiny, as you begin, yeah, Arlita, would you come up? And Destiny, as you begin to pray, as you begin to play, you're not, so many responsibilities this morning. 
uh, as you begin to play, we're just going to leave some time. If you have been wanting that kind of prayer life that has been where you could just break through anything, where you could welcome Jesus into all of life, we're going to just engage a time of vulnerability for you to come and just get prayed for by these folks. And they're not going to work with problems with you or anything. They're just going to welcome God and his relationship, his blessing on your life for that. So Destiny's going to lead us in a song. It may be that you have some different <laughs> postures as well. Uh, it may be that you have some prayer needs, and we've got a, a list, actually. There was a whole team of people praying for you this morning, and they were praying, uh, just trying to risk and hear God for some people this morning. Uh, they're up on the screen right now. This, is, this may be calling your number. This may be like, oh, man, that's me. I definitely need prayer. Well, come for prayer for that too. Don't hold back. This is a time to receive. This is a time to engage that relationship again. There's one more prayer I'd ask you to pray, though, and I think this is for everyone. So on the screen, there's a bit of a, a longer prayer. We'll shorten it at some point, but I think it's big. I think it's critical. that we surrender everything, that we posture ourselves. Maybe it's from week to week. Maybe it's, oh, it's been a long time. Maybe it's, I've never done this before. I've never thought that God could be trusted like this. I'm going to sit, actually, facing the screen with you, and I'm going to pray with you. And then I'm gonna, Destiny's going to lead us in worship. And if you would just start to come to these teams... Pray with me this morning. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. So just take a minute. Just let it all out to the Lord. Just between you and him. everything's out on the table between you and us. And so with all of that there, we say all together, please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. And this is big. If you would pray with me, please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So again, this is a different posture than we usually take on Sundays, but I know it's a posture that some of us need. So if you would like for God to bless you in prayer, if you need anything for prayer, maybe your thing wasn't up on the screen, this is the time to come. This is the Sunday. Don't hold back. Let God reach you and meet you today. Come for prayer.
the kindness. Unexpected kindness, I turn my face to you. Surrounded by your mercy, I'm falling into
may still want to come for prayer this morning, and that's great. And some of you may just want to get your kids, and it's time to go. So would you stand and receive this blessing? I bless you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To be connected with Him, to be loved by Him, to live with Him in freedom, speaking with Him about everything that you need, resting in Him, that He gives you everything that you need. I bless you in Jesus' name.